good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 153 of Tech of a T. This... Why is that button not working? That's the wrong button. That would be why. Uh, <laughs> Ruin my whole intro. God damn it. This is a bear taking a selfie. I don't know where I was going with this, but look at the bear. It's adorable. It'll probably, like, eat your face, and you don't want to be anywhere near it, especially if it has cubs near it. But look at that. Look at it. It's cute. And it's a bear. Uh... This was a trail cam photo where I guess the bear had discovered the camera and for whatever reason kept getting like really up close and personal with it. 400 of the 580 photos captured were of this bear. <laughs> Why the bear had an obsession with the trail cam? I don't know, but uh, it certainly did. I'm sure there wait, are there other pictures on this link here. I didn't actually check it. All I know is that there were those pictures. Uh, no, it's just a write-up about the trail cam itself. And there's other things, you know. There's like deer and whatever other other neat things you'd normally see on a. Did I just say deer and I pointed a fox? <laughs> whatever. Um, it's gonna be one of those episodes. So this is going to be a. Kind of a weird episode for me. Maybe not for you guys, but I don't know. Maybe you enjoy me uh, me suffering trying to record things. So I'm recording this considerably later than I normally would. Right now, it is Monday of the week that this would normally go live. That might not sound crazy. That might sound like, you know, a normal time to record things. With the podcast, I usually like keeping, you know, a week behind. Or a week behind, a week ahead. A week ahead. So, normally this would be recorded basically, like, anytime between this time last week and, like, Thursday, Friday of that week. And then this week, I'd be doing... This is 153, so 154. 154 is still getting recorded this week... Uh, but it's getting recorded at the end of the week. The reason why I'm doing it like this, not by choice. Not by choice, even remotely. Last week, I could not record anything. I am just barely getting back to the point where I can reasonably bring myself to be on camera and be somewhat entertaining. And it's still kind of a struggle at this point, and... We'll see how this podcast goes as we progress. I have a feeling it might, you know, go and just fucking fall off a cliff around the halfway point. Um, hopefully not. So last week, I woke up on Monday and I felt, you know, kind of tired. I felt lethargic. I had like a bit of a headache. I thought I was just, you know... Basically being a bit of a bitch about it and didn't want to do anything. This is not the first time. There's a lot of times I've woken up on a Monday being like, oh, the weekend was so fun. I want to keep like not working. As much as I enjoy what I do on the channel, you know, doing other things like playing video games, practicing guitar, things like that. 
are all so fun and I would like to spend my time doing those. So I've woken up a lot of times on Monday, especially if I didn't get like great sleep and just didn't want to do anything. So usually when that happens, I go for a walk, I have a cold shower, I, you know, try to have some breakfast. And after that, usually then, even if I'm not in like the best of states, usually then I'm, I'm ready to go and get things done. But after all that, I felt about the same or maybe probably a little worse actually. And I kept getting worse and worse and worse throughout the day. It got to like two, three o'clock, something like that. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I have COVID. It's two years after everyone already got it. Maybe I got it now. And I don't know how I would have gotten it. Maybe I did. So I went and did a test. And when I did the test, basically straight away, it was like, you're positive. Like, ah, lovely. All right. Um, let's send a message to work and not go to work for the week because I can't stand up right now. Like, I, I was putting off doing the test basically to the point where I could hardly keep my eyes open and couldn't even, like, properly sit up in this chair. Like, that's how bad it got throughout that day. Uh, so I told the boss, like, yo, I can't come in. Uh, right now, I think procedure was like 72 hours, and then after that, it's like play by ear. If you feel fine, come in. If you don't, take more days off. You know, I don't know what businesses in your uh, uh, country are doing, but here, that's the way it works. At least my job, I don't know if like it's different place to place. I don't think that's a government regulation. I think that's just specifically what my work does, but that's not really important. For me, it was 72 hours. So, for the rest of that first day, I... <laughs> Here's the thing, right? I didn't take that day off in, like... <coughs> the traditional sense of uh, taking a day off. Mondays, I basically plan out all of my videos. Uh, I'm not planning out videos on this Monday because of something I did also last week. So... Usually I plan out videos on Monday. I was like, you know what? Surely I can plan out videos when I have no idea what's going on. I was getting kind of delirious. I was like, I need to drink water constantly all day. Uh, and somehow I did actually plan out six videos and it didn't take me longer than it normally would. Now, to be fair, I did go and pick like kind of easier topics that don't require as much thinking. So that obviously is going to lead into that. But by about six o'clock, I had like everything somewhat outlined to the like a, a usable point. Turns out later when I went back and looked at it, a lot of those videos were very poorly structured. I forgot to include references. So, like, if I bring up, say, like, a blog post, for example, I want to link to the blog post so I don't have to go and search it when I'm recording videos. Uh, I didn't include a lot of those, so I had to go and sort of remake them, rearrange things, get to the point where the video is in 
mostly a state where I can work with it while recording. It doesn't have to be in the exact, like, exactly the same as how I'm going to lay it out, but the points need to be there. And, yeah, basically. Um, by the time it hit 6 o'clock, though, all of that was done. After that, I was like, I don't know what to do now, because Monday to Wednesday are usually all hands on board. So I'm like, I don't want to just chill here and do nothing. It's going to throw up my entire week. But I didn't have anything to do, so I started watching some anime. <laughs> like, I had nothing else to do. I No, sorry. I did do thumbnails. I usually on Monday, I'll also decide what videos I'm going to record for that week. And then I'll do thumbnails for those videos. I don't know how I did thumbnail faces during that. I I couldn't tell you. I somehow managed to make it work. Uh, I'll see if I can find... What's one of the videos that went up during that period? Or well, that was recorded during that period? The... Ah, this one. Yes. Give me one second. Recently fired. No, shut up, Brody. Don't care. Uh, this one. If I didn't tell you that I was, like, sick and had no idea what the fuck was going on during this, you would think this is just a regular Brody thumbnail. Nothing really stands out here. Look, obviously, uh, I was going to say it's, it's more basic, but I did the rest of the editing afterwards. The only thing I did on the Monday was take the thumbnail picture and cut it out. Um, if I didn't say anything, you probably would just never really notice it. Um, so besides that, I, what, what was I watching on Monday? What did I watch? Oh, Blue Lock. Yeah, I was watching through Blue Lock. Uh, I will talk about Blue Lock in just a bit because it's a really, really good series. But by the time it hits eight, nine o'clock... So I didn't want to go to bed really early. I, like, I could have gone to bed at 9 o'clock and then just slept, tried to sleep until like 8 o'clock the next day or something. But like with the other things, I didn't want to throw up my sleep schedule. So I wanted to stay up till at least like 10, 30, 11. So it's mostly where it is. I usually try to get to sleep around midnight or so. Um, but I couldn't sit up past 9 o'clock. Like... My back was hurting. Everything, like, I, I was having, like, pretty bad muscle pains that first day. And I I could not sit up in the chair. So what I did is I took my phone and basically laid down on my side, trying to find a spot where I could lean my phone without much effort and just watched anime until, like, 11 o'clock or something. Which, it felt like the longest like, five episodes I'd ever watched. There were multiple times when after an episode ended, I, like, fell asleep for a minute or two, but I guess I just woke up again for whatever reason. Oh, because I never woke up at, like, you know, one in the morning or something, like, what What the fuck's going on? Um, But that pretty much concluded the first day. When it got to 11, I was like, you know what? We're done. I'm going to sleep now. Let's... Hope that I'm better in the morning. In the morning, I wasn't much... Oh, I was definitely better, but I wasn't, like, good. So, Tuesdays, I usually try to record four videos. Usually. This one, 
I couldn't even like I couldn't even talk for more than five, ten seconds without coughing. Let alone the fact that my voice didn't really work either. I, I my voice was I couldn't really maybe like much above like this volume anything more than this and it was just and it was like I couldn't put any effort into my voice either if I if I did I would just cough so like I, I couldn't record the videos like I would normally want to I couldn't you know put the level of energy in that I would want to either some people might argue that might be better um I don't care that's not the way I want to record the videos. So, I was not going to record that day. I tried for, like, maybe 30 minutes or an hour, and I just could not get past the intro. And I was like, you know what? This is a waste of time. Let's find something else to do. I ended up just planning out videos for the entire next week. So this week right now. That's why I don't need to be recording anything. Or I don't need to be planning anything on this Monday. I still... I still do plan to plan out... Um, two videos. Because they're like... Kind of news topic-y things. And they can just fit into my... Um, fit into my upload schedule. But I basically spent the, the, the second day doing the exact same thing as the first day. I also got most of the topics for this podcast set up as well. Um, I don't remember at all what I, uh, what I planned out that day, but somehow I planned out another six videos, which usually I don't get six done in a single day. Usually it's like four, five-ish Usually when it's six, it is shorter topics. And in this case, they were shorter topics as well. There were things that didn't require, like, a ton of deep diving into a, into a, like, GitHub issue, into a bug tracker, things like that. It's more like the surface level is the entire depth of the story. So, I got those done. Um... During this process, though, I think it was on the first day? I don't know if it was the first day or the second day. Once again, those I was kind of delirious at the time, and things were kind of blending into each other. Uh, my housemate asked me if like I wanted anything. I, I was pretty much set. Like I had food for the limited amount of food that I could feel like eating. I had, you know, I had water, things like that. I could always go like go fill up water from the tap outside my room in like the kitchen anyway. Um, but I asked him to get, uh, go get me some Gatorade. I didn't specify which flavor. He bought me pineapple and kiwi or something like that. I've never had, I don't drink Gatorade. The only reason I wanted it was like, just get me something. Was it Gatorade, Powerade? One of the two. Don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, get me something with electrolytes in it. I don't care what it is. Uh, just get me something. So I think I ended up having over... Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, probably like six or seven of those bottles. Uh, maybe six. Um, but the other ones are gone. I didn't drink them. And I know that the ones I drank, 
because the bottles were on my floor when I was done with everything. He bought this box of Gatorade because I wanted some while I was sick and then drank almost most of it himself. <laughs> he bought them, so like he can do that if he wanted to, but like... You buy them for the sick person, and then you go and drink them. You, he's not a Gatorade drink. He just he doesn't drink Gatorade as like a regular thing. It just happened to be there, so he drank them. <laughs> but um, after we got to like six or so o'clock on the Tuesday, things pretty much went back to the same thing as Monday. I didn't need to lay down in the bed while I was watching stuff. I did end up shifting there around. 10.30 or so? Maybe like 10, 10, yeah, about 10 o'clock. Uh, just because beds are comfortable when I felt like sitting there. I felt like laying there. Um, Wednesday was... I think Wednesday was the really annoying day. Like, Monday, I was very clearly out of commission. Like, I couldn't record. Tuesday, I tried, but couldn't really record. Wednesday, Wednesday was a problem because I felt like, you know, imagine you're, I don't know, doing a sport, martial art, anything like that, and you know how it typically feels to sort of get into gear, get to that point where you're ready to perform. But during this, I kind of felt like there was sort of a step missing. Like I could I could see the doorstep, but I couldn't step up to it. So I I I knew that I could record if I really tried, but it would take a big leap to get up to that level where I typically would be at. So that day seriously pissed me off. Like, I, I wasn't good enough to do a do a stream. I wasn't good enough to do a podcast. I couldn't really record videos. I That day, I just had to try and find something to do just to maintain my sanity. If things, like, if things were slightly better a day earlier... I probably would have done this podcast last week instead of this week. Um, that day, I sort of just, I sort of just wrote that day off. I just spent the day playing video games, pretty much. And like, as much as I enjoy that, like, I, I don't want to be doing that during the period where I'm supposed to be working. I want to be working. I want to be doing stuff on the channel because that's what I'm supposed to be doing during those first couple of days. When I eventually got to Thursday, that's when things... Like, I still didn't feel exactly ready to record videos, but the gap wasn't as big. It took me maybe 15, 20 minutes to do, like, the first line in my first video. But once I got that out... Then everything sort of mostly clicked back into space. <laughs> clicked back into space. Um, I got, I think I got like five videos done on that day. One of the things that did help with this week 
is the previous week I had recorded seven videos rather than my typical six. So there was one less video to do that week. So it didn't, like, even though it's one less video, it still felt like monumentally less work to get those five videos done. I could have obviously, like, done an extra video on the Friday or something, um, <clears throat> but I didn't need to because one of the videos was exceptionally short. It was the uh, the Linus Torvalds video. That one I got done... I think that one took me, like, 20... 20 or 30 minutes to record. Why am I getting messages on my phone? Oh, it's the gym being like, you should sign up to the gym. Fuck you. Um, where was I at? Where was... Something, recording videos, five videos. Whatever. I got those five videos done. I got them edited. I got, like, everything ready to queue up over the weekend. And I was pretty much in a decent enough state. Now, the one good thing about Thursday is there was no risk of the boss calling me, asking me to come into work. The reason for this is Thursday was January 26th. January 26th is Australia Day. It's a national holiday. It doesn't really matter what the national holiday is about, but it's a national holiday. It's a public holiday. So my work was not open, which is great. So I got everything done that day and got to Friday. Also, Thursday, I would normally be doing a stream with Ren. That's when I do the um, the Pokemon stream. I was like, I, I, I can't. I can't do this right. Like, I feel like I could do videos just because I can take multiple takes on a single thing. And it doesn't really matter if it takes me, like, 20 minutes to say one thing. I didn't want to make people sit through that on a stream. So I'm like, we'll do the stream next time and then be good from there. But that was kind of annoying because I would cancelled the previous Pokemon stream as well because that's the one we had a, a lot of tech issues because our, our hardware encoders stopped working in OBS. So, that was good. So we had two weeks without the Pokemon streams happening. That's going to be happening again, I guess, the Thursday that this comes out. So go check that out, I guess. Uh, I think there's going to be like two or three, maybe four. Uh, my guess would be on three episodes remaining. Assuming we don't wipe on the, uh, on the Elite Four or Champion, which... Is a very, very high possibility. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I don't have high hopes. <laughs> but Thursday got all that stuff done. Friday, I could have tried to do the podcast then, but I wanted to get at least one stream done that week, and there was no way I was going to be able to do a stream and a podcast at the same time, like, at, on, like, the same days. I normally could, but I just did not have the energy to sort of really get that done, because throughout this entire week, and actually still till today, I don't really have my full appetite back. 
I think around Friday or Saturday, I sort of, I sort of leveled off around my recovery. So I still have a cough right now. You've probably noticed it a couple of times uh, throughout the video. But if that first day I felt like 10, maybe 5%, now I'm at like 85, 90%. But it's stayed at 85-90% since Friday. I got up today, I was like, oh, do I really want to record? Oh. <laughs> but like, it's not so bad that I couldn't record. It was just It was just to that point where it feels like I have weights on and I'm just being held back. And I don't know if that's going to go away this week. I don't know if I'm going to be stuck with that for like a month or so. I'm not really sure what's going to happen going forward. But I really hope it doesn't stick around um, that long. So one of the things that happened on the Thursday? Friday? One of them. Because I didn't really have much of an appetite. And just, you know... Wasn't eating really much. I, I was I was still trying to eat. I didn't want to go that entire week, like, not eating. Even if I just didn't feel like eating, I knew I'd be in a much worse state if I avoided eating altogether. So I sort of forced myself to have, like, a little bit here and there. But I hadn't had a uh, cup of tea probably in three or four days at that point. So I don't know when this started... But I did realize that on the Thursday, at that point, I couldn't taste anything sweet. Now, I, I definitely can. Um, but on that Thursday, I made a cup of tea. I put some sugar in it. And normally, like, I know how the tea I make is supposed to taste. I couldn't taste the sugar even slightly. It tasted like I had just put the tea bag in there and just drank it as is, which isn't terrible. Like I can certainly have that, but it's not my preferred way to have tea. I like to have a little bit of sugar in there just to take off a touch of the bitterness. I don't know what the deal with that was. Um, I know a lot of people have reported having issues with their taste afterwards. I don't know... I've not heard anyone specifically say about sweetness by itself. Like, I didn't test, you know, every kind of um, every kind of flavor profile, but I could still definitely taste salty things. I could taste, you know, I could taste spicy things. I could taste bitter things. It seemed like sweet things just weren't happening whatsoever. I don't have much of a sweet tooth, so it wasn't really like. Oh no, I can't have my sponge cake or whatever. Like, the sweetest thing that I have is maybe like, I don't know, sugar in my tea or like sweet chili, things like that. I'm not much of a soft drink drinker. I'm not much of a dessert taker. I don't eat ice cream, things like that. So, like, it was fine. Like, it's annoying. Like, if someone offers me a cup of tea, it's going to taste a little bit off. But at the time, I wasn't too worried. 
Uh, that mostly got better by... Saturday? Friday, it was still definitely... I could taste sweet things by Friday, but I could definitely tell that things tasted... weird. Like, I could taste the sweetness, but it wasn't sweetness as in I would... As in the way I would generally... Ex I don't know how to explain it. It's sort of like... You... Like, you know how, like... I don't know, a chocolate bar is going to taste, for example. And then, all of a sudden, they change up the recipe. It's still the same chocolate bar, but it tastes off. Like, maybe they switch from using real sugar to fake sugar, fake sugar to real sugar. And it just doesn't align with what your brain thinks that thing is supposed to taste like. And that's sort of where I was at at the time. Um, it's good that that's gone, but yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. Um, over the weekend, I pretty much just tried to chill because the week, like as much as I can chill during the week, during the week, I know I'm supposed to be working. So I have a, a much harder time actually just accepting that I should be resting on the weekend, though, not so much. On the weekend, I'm just like, you know what? This is the time I would normally rest. I don't really have any qualms about doing so. If things are not done, they can get done next week. And I did mostly rest. I had to go out and do a little bit of shopping just because I, I couldn't re... I, I, I was running out of food. Uh, also, on that Friday, I did end up going to work. It was like a kind of a slow day, not for me or not or not for the work. It was a slow day for me. I, uh, I, as much as I was like mostly ready to go back, I still couldn't put out the energy that I would normally put out. So things got done, but they didn't get as, done as quickly as I would like them to get done. We were sort of cutting it very close at the end of the shift. I think the boss ended up staying back like... I don't know, half an hour, an hour, which was great for him because he also just came back from COVID. So, yeah. I know I didn't get it from him because the last time I was at work was on the Thursday the week before. And there's no way it's going to have like a three-day incubation period before any signs at all are being shown. So I had, I would have had to have got it on the... Probably on the Saturday or Sunday. I don't know where, because Saturday I just did a little bit of shopping, and Sunday I saw a movie with one of my mates, and he tested negative. So, I really am unclear where it came from, but there's no use worrying about it. Just worry about yourself, basically. So hopefully by the end of this week, hopefully by the end of this week, I'm like, I would like to be 100%. 100% would be nice. But even just like 95, 99%, <coughs> get rid of this fucking cough. Get rid of this sort of, this sort of lethargic feeling. Get rid of this like, you know, when you have, like, a cough, there's, like, a bit of your throat that feels like no matter what you do, 
it's always going to be dry. That's sort of a feeling I've got right now as well. It's not bad enough where I can't record, but it is bad enough where every so often it's going to set off a cough. So not having that would also be great. <coughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I've spoken about my, my Rona experience for like half an hour now. So I think that's enough of that. I hope you guys are, you know, informed about what it was like now. Because I didn't really talk about it on the main channel. I did talk about it a bit on the podcast. No, not podcast. On the Twitter. On the Twitter and also a little couple of mentions on the Discord. Just because there were people on the Discord who, like, you know, follow my Twitter and posted things along. I didn't want to make a big deal about it at the time. Like, oh no, I've got Rhoda. Pray for me. Like... I'll be fine. Like, it won't be... Th it's it, It'll be annoying, but, like, it'll be fine. Um, so I just focused on my own stuff and went from there, basically. But let's talk about something that isn't the Rona. Let's talk about something that would actually help me in the way that I record my videos. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but NVIDIA has a new tech that's been floating around. Uh, this is from four months ago, but it's it's sort of just just recently making the uh, the rounds on uh, on YouTube. If you don't know what's happening here, so this is a regular video. The guy's just like doing his thing, and Nvidia has this new camera tech where it can adjust where your eyes are looking to make it look like you're always looking at the camera. It works through glasses as well, not obviously not as well. Um, this is one without the correction. There should be a demo. Slight, yeah, here we go. Uh, this, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I'm sure there's going to, absolutely going to be people who use this during, like, during video recording. It's pretty much, unless you're pixel peeping, it's pretty much undetectable. Like, if I just showed you, where is it? If I just showed you this part of the demo without showing you the original footage, you would think I'm just showing you a guy looking at the camera. It's really good. There are, okay, I think with glasses, it does really start to show where the slight issues are. If you stare at this little bit right here, you can see some tiny, tiny artifacting on his glasses. But that's also easily confusable with, like, a flickering light or something flickering on your screen. It's not, like... It's definitely not the most... Uh, like, something that's going to take you entirely out of the situation. Um, but without glasses, like, this one... Like... If I didn't tell you this was from an AI demo, you would not be able to tell that our eyes are corrected with with AI. Even remotely. Like, you would think she's just looking at the camera and there's nothing... There's nothing off there. I'm curious how it would... How it would behave with someone that has, like, a... A lazy eye. Because what it tries to do is tries to find your... 
your eye's natural resting place and then sort of adjust it based on that. But I would imagine the data set is primarily on people that don't have lazy eyes. Um, so it might try to correct the lazy eye and make you like it just look at the camera. Uh, I'm not sure. I've not seen anyone do a demo like that. What I have seen is a slightly unsettling demo. Uh, AI, I eye contact or eye correction. This is a... I don't like this one. So, people have been going around using using this tech on, on various movies. So, this is on... I wonder if I can bring up a bigger video without going full screen. This is on Jurassic Park. Uh, I can't. Because video play is stupid. Um... But I don't know how well you can make this out. Every single shot here, they've they've adjusted the actor's eyes to. Actually, here's a good here's a good point. This is how well it works with glasses, even in bad lighting situations. Like it's doing everything it needs to be doing. His glasses here with hair in the way, still doing everything it needs to be doing. So it even work. It it does work pretty well with glasses. Obviously not as well, but pretty pretty good. Um, I don't, I, I don't like, <laughs> I really don't like the movie demos. There's something really unsettling. I, I, if I play the audio, they're just like, it's just random scenes from the movie. When they are looking at the camera, it kind of feels more like it's a, um, it's a documentary as opposed to a movie. Because generally you don't look at the camera <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> But it's not that it's not that uncommon in a uh, in a documentary. I don't know how I feel about that, and I really hope that I really hope people don't actually use it for a uh, for an actual movie. Um, is this is it? I know there was another set of demos on movies that weren't Jurassic Park. Uh, it's not that one. Is this it? Think. Yes, here it is. So this is on a bunch of other movies. See. And it, like, especially in like the, the scenes that are supposed to be like creepy scenes or ranty scenes or like, like big long discussion scenes, having them stare into your soul. Oh, even here. Here's another great example of where it's actually incredibly good horrible lighting like you can barely make out his eyes but it's still doing it exactly well the other thing that uh this so this this tech has existed for a while uh it used to be really bad at uh not having people blink nowadays it does support blinking which is good because it's one thing to have... I felt okay. Shut up. You know. It's one thing to have the actor stare into your soul. The be I think the best demos are where they have the side-by-side. -side. It's one thing to have the actors stare into your soul. It's another thing to have them stare into your soul. Never. Ever blinking.
I can certainly see this being used, especially in, like, YouTube video production. But where I can also see this being used is in, uh, in, in cheating on exams. So, I really think the idea of online exams is stupid, and they were fine as, like, a a temporary solution, but they cannot be a solution going forward. We are seeing a lot of situations, whether it's chat GPT, whether it's going to be the newer version of GPT, um, we'll get to like GPT-4, whether it's this AI camera correction where you could be looking away from the, uh, away from your camera, away from the test, uh, the, uh, the notebook, and still have it look like you're looking at the thing. Actually, <laughs> I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to run this for an exam. Just have it look like you're staring at the camera the entire time. Never look at the test the entire time. You're just writing like this the entire time. <laughs> like obviously, that's that's very clear that you're doing something. That you're doing something off. But looking at the camera is just like one situation. There's no reason why you couldn't have the same concept, but looking at other points, like looking down, looking up, looking, you know, to the left or to the right, or maybe both at once, like have, have your, your pupils pointing out in other directions. Um, it's just looking at the camera is the most obvious use case where like this, this has a use in video conferencing, but I can't imagine this is a limitation of the tech. There's probably also more footage of people looking at a camera as well, as opposed to looking at various directions, making it much easier to produce a data set and then um, test, <clears throat> test against a known, um, known set, of, uh, set of properties. Hmm. I am so curious to see what happens with this AI future we're walking into. Because tools like this aren't going to take anyone's job. But they are part of this set of growing growing AI options that are AI AI partners, AI options, AI tooling that's available that is sort of really changing the way that we work. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't know where all of this AI stuff goes in the next five or 10 years. I am very much on the, depends on how you're looking at it, either the doomer or the, uh, <clears throat> or like, you know, we'll just go down the doomer path of all work is going to be done by AI one day. Like, you could say that's a good thing, you'd say that's a bad thing. I'm pretty much of the camp that in probably... I, I'd be surprised if it's not in my lifetime. Like, most of the work being done by AI, especially anything involving computers. Like, there's definitely going to be a lot more issue with, like, manual labor work. Like, it's going to be much harder to to fully automate bricklaying or fully automate plumbing or for maybe 
you could definitely integrate a lot of uh, a lot of AI tooling into like electrician work, but when something is purely physical, it's going to take a lot longer for that to be for that to be automated. But when we're talking about like office jobs, like you know, you're a research, you're doing a research position, you're doing some low-level web dev, you're doing some data entry, you're doing some data analysis. A lot of this stuff in like probably no more than like 20 years, I can't imagine most of it still existing or existing <clears throat> like at the rate it exists, it exists today. I feel like probably, probably a long time into the future, you're going to need, you may not need it, but people are going to want a sort of human sanity check because a lot of these AI systems we have are very good at saying things that are wrong confidently. Like, at ChatGPT, for example, you can get it to say pretty much anything, even if that is completely wrong, and it will be incredibly confident about it. But that's not useful in every situation. If you just want it to say things, fine. But if you want it to be right on things, then you need some other system to follow up on that system. And you may have an AI system that does that, but I think most people are going to be more comfortable having, having some sort of human there just to, like, check over what's going on. Like, I've, I've had this discussion with someone probably a couple of years back about, like, the whole automated trucking. I think the idea of, like, fully autonomous cars, fully autonomous trucks is probably longer away than the advocates want them to be. I know I know there are definitely, like, a lot of stuff in the works. Um, when does Tesla think they'll have their fully autonomous trucks? Uh, fully autonomous trucks, Tesla. <laughs> Uh, okay, fully, I, right, I put in truck, <clears throat> but the people in the US call a, 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 a truck, fully autonomous semi, uh, ba ba ba. I know that they, they're definitely trying to get the electric truck, electric trucks under the road, or are they, are, are they on the road already? I'm not seeing any, like, recent discussions of them, so I'm guessing they aren't on the road yet. Yeah, initially they did say uh, they wanted to do full self-driving, but... Oh, here we go. So... Tesla's first semi-trucks will be delivered to Pepsi in December of 2022. I don't know if they are on the road just yet but they might have them in their fleet, assuming that Tesla isn't uh, very behind on things, which is very Tesla to be. Um, <laughs> okay, there are prototypes on the road. Yeah, there are... Okay, so there are... They have made trips with them. 
but they are not, uh, yeah, they're, they're not obviously full self-driving yet because Tesla doesn't have full self-driving. As much as, like, as much as there is, oh my god, there's so many fucking people. Have you guys seen the videos of people who are asleep at the wheel of their Tesla? Because Tesla, in their infinite wisdom, is allowed to market products as autopilot and full self-driving. I don't know why they're allowed to use these terms when the general public obviously has a has a perception of what these terms actually mean. I'm fully fine with them trying to do that. If like if they get to the point where you can have like autopilot and full self-driving, go right ahead and call it that. But until we get to the point where you can sleep at the wheel, can we not, can we just please not call it that? Just please, 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 please. The problem with full self-driving isn't, isn't the car itself. Like, I'm sure that in a test track, you can, you know, have it drive around perfectly fine. The issue is... In the real world, there is other cars, there is signs, there are people, there are, an a there are animals in that don't follow rules whatsoever. Like, you need to build a, a system that can account for basically infinite variables. And it seems like they're definitely a lot better than they used to be. But there's still a long way to the point where... People are re- I was going to say people are going to really trust them. But then I remember the people that fall asleep at the wheels. Regular people who are not insane, who sleep at the wheel of their car. Um, for those people to trust it. I was having this discussion with my housemate a couple of weeks back about if one day it'll get to the point where you can- be in a full self-driving, like, we get to the point where full self-driving is, like, actually full self-driving. You don't have to touch the wheel unless something goes wrong, because something's always ha gonna have a chance to go wrong, and he was saying, will we get to a point where you just don't need a driver's license to use one of these cars? I argue, like, he argued, yes, that'll happen. I don't see a world where if there is a steering wheel, you'll be allowed to drive a full self-driving car, like an actual full self-driving car without a license. Because even though 90, let's say 99.9% .9 of the time, it's perfectly fine. It does everything that it needs to do. If there is a situation where the user needs to take control, that user needs to know how to drive to be in a situ- to, to actually be able to take that situation from being dangerous into something safer. They need to be able to take control as soon as possible, you know, get off the road in a safe manner, or slow down, or put hazards on, or whatever is the best approach in the specific situation, and then, you know, deal with it like that. If there is the ability for the user to take control, I don't see a world where... Well, I know people... He's not the first person who's talked about this. 
I know there is definitely people who think that one day, you know, we're going to have fully autonomous taxis. They're going to have no driver. You can just let your car go out into the world and make you money. Not only is that really stupid because people are going to vandalize your car um, and people are going to try to steal it. And <laughs> if something goes wrong, then uh, a person in the back seat can't reasonably get into the front seat to take over or maybe have a, like a steering wheel in the back seat. But if you have a steering, uh, steering wheel in the back seat, now you can drive from the back seat, which is also probably not safe either. I'm I'm curious to see where the self-driving thing goes. I I don't want to say it's impossible. I I think it's inc it's way way further out than we think, but you can't ever really say something is impossible in the world of tech. Like there's the um what was the Bill Gates quote about RAM? Uh, Bill Gates never need. Uh, you never need. Oh, what was it? In 1981, when the IBM PC was introduced, Bill Gates supposedly said the 640, uh, 640 kilobytes of memory ought to be enough for anybody. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a real quote. Um,. But it is certainly a quote that floats around. Like, there's, there are, uh, there's articles from the early days of the internet where people were saying that nobody would really need the internet in their home. There are, like, discussions from the early days of computers where people were saying that people would, like, actual researchers were saying that people would never need a computer in their home. And we know how that turned out. So I don't want to say that it's impossible that we actually see full self-driving. That's one where I'd be surprised if we see that in our lifetime. There's definitely going to be a lot of tests. Like, there's going to be a lot of tests of maybe not, like, road trains, maybe not full semis, but, like, small load trucks doing a, uh, like, fully self, uh, fully autonomous. Oh, the other problem with a fully autonomous truck, though, is you can't have a fully autonomous truck just go out into the middle of nowhere by itself. Because what happens if that truck breaks down? What if it gets bogged? What if it is in a crash because, you know, someone's car hits them? What if an animal comes out in the middle of the road and takes the truck out or something? You need someone in the truck to be able to assess situations like that. Because, like, let's say you have... Let's say you're going through somewhere like um, the middle of Australia. You go through the hay plains. Um, the hay plains... I'm I'll show you the hay plains. So, the hay plains are the well-renowned well as the flattest place in the southern hemisphere. Um... This is the Hay Plains. I can show you any picture of the Hay Plains and it will look exactly the same. This is the Hay Plains. It is a straight road for... I actually don't know how many kilometers. Let me find out. How long is the Hay Plains? 
Uh, how long is the Hay Plains? It's 1,500 kilometers. But it only takes about 16 hours to get through because it's 1,500 kilometers of just fucking straight road. It's not really straight. It's like, it curves a bit. Um, but it's nothing. So if you are, like, you have a fully autonomous truck and you break down right here and let's say you send that truck out with absolutely not like no people on it the nearest town is Mildura. this is probably like a three or four hour drive just to get there or they could probably like yeah i think i think Mildura is the closest major town there's probably like some little towns around here um but you need someone in the truck to be able to assess that. You can't just leave, like, let's say you're, I don't know, bringing... It's a food truck, for example. You can't just leave that in the middle of the desert for, like, five hours by itself without any idea the truck's broken down. Especially because you might have a reporting system that also breaks down because, I don't know, there's, like, a fire in the truck or something. So, <laughs> even if we get to the point where we have fully autonomous trucks... At least for those big trips, you're not going to have unmanned trucks. I think that's the big distinction. I think the idea of a fully autonomous vehicle can probably happen in our lifetime. Maybe. Possibly. But I don't see unmanned vehicles happening at any reasonable point. Let alone just the fact that no sane regulator would allow there to not be a, like, not be a backup, not be a fallback system in the case that something goes wrong. Because what happens if something goes wrong on a highway and there's no fallback system? Do you just die? Like, who's at fault if there's a crash? Because clearly the driver isn't at fault because they couldn't drive. So is it the company? Is it the government for having shitty roads? Is it the person who hit you? If they hit you, did they did they hit you? Or did your vehicle malfunction and you hit them? It, it would be a mess. It, it would just be a giant mess. And I want to be old enough where I don't have to think about it. <laughs> And look, at the rate we're going, I probably will be. I don't think we're, like, we're seriously going to be talking about fully autonomous cars or especially unmanned cars until I'm in my like, 70s or 80s. That would be my assumption. I know that obviously fully autonomous cars are going to be in the news probably until that point. But I mean like seriously in, in discussion as like a mainstay on the road that a lot of people have right now. Like... Right now, the idea of electric cars is still... It's still a fairly niche idea. Like, there's definitely a lot more electric cars on the road right now. Um, like, you've got cheaper models coming out, like the Leaf. Uh, it's been around for a while. Um, cheap electric cars. Let's see. Let's see what actually shows up. What is the cheapest electric right now uh, that you can buy? I keep in mind this is going to be Australian prices, so yeah. Uh, cheapest to own? 
okay. Can, can we just have a fucking list? Jesus Christ. Uh, according to 2022 car running cost survey, the midsize MG ZS SUV is the cheapest EV to buy and most affordable to run. Just under $42,000. And that's if you can actually buy it at that price. You know, car prices are a mess right now. Good luck actually buying something at MSRP. Um, MG's HS 1.5 Turbo Excite at 48. Mitsubishi Eclipse at 51. A Hyundai Ioniq 5 two-wheel drive at $78,000. I know there is this big push for electric cars, um, like, you know, phasing out ICE cars, only having electric cars. And there's obviously the issue there with battery tech, but let's just assume the battery tech issue is not there. Like, this, this idea that you're going to phase out ICE cars by, what? What does California want to stop? Uh, when do they want to stop selling them? Um, California bans gas cars. Uh, they want to stop selling new cars by 2035. Okay. That's actually further out than I thought. I think when it comes to new cars, that's definitely possible. The issue you have, though, is getting petrol, gasoline, whatever you want to call it, cars off the road. Because while you can certainly say only electric cars are available, unless you have the money to buy a new car, right now you're not getting an electric. And let's assume that you do manage to afford, like, a second-hand electric. Let's... Let's see what we can buy a uh, Nissan Leaf for right now. Nissan Leaf um, secondhand. Let's see what we can find on car sales. Uh, or, or Auto Trader? One of them. Okay, not 2022 models. Let's order by... Can I order by price? Is that a thing I can do on this website? Price, yes. Oh, no, I can say a Mac. Fuck. Can I order my price here? Yeah, here we go. Price low to high. No, that that's price low to high. Okay, there we go. Fifteen thousand dollars for a twenty twelve model. What is the range? Ah, oh, there it is. One hundred and seventy five. One hundred and seventy five k's. Fuck, that's actually rough. That would be fine for like city driving. But if you want to do any sort of, like, long-range drive, that's actually useless. Um, 17,000, 17. Okay, so they're actually getting to the point where I'm actually a little bit behind. I, I thought they were still a little bit more expensive on the second-hand market. This is getting to the point where regular people can afford them. But think about, like, your first car. Like, how much did you spend on your, on your first car? Mine was about... Three and a half. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I spent about three and a half my first car. My sister spent, like... I think she bought her first car... No, wait. No, the second car was the shitbox. The first one was the shitbox that didn't run. Her first car was this... What was this? Something like... It was like a red Miata? 
It, no, was it was it Miata? I don't know. I don't think it was a Miata. It was a, some like sporty little thing that she bought, uh, in her words, to impress a boy. Um, <laughs> it broke down in the first month and sat in the uh, in the driveway for like an entire year. It was a shitbox. Then she replaced it with this other car that was like five hundred dollars. It was not safe. It shouldn't have been on the road, but it lasted like three years. Um, <laughs> but that's how much like a lot of people spend on their first car. And I know people like who don't spend more than that. And like the most they'll spend on the car is like maybe five, six grand. So until you get, and this is only like 113 Nissan Leafs. Obviously there are other electrics, but this is one of the cheaper models. Um, it's going to take still quite a while to get to these cars down to that price. And then when you have electrics down at that price, how old are these cars? And what sort of state is the battery in? Because, you know, we can say what the range on this car is. I presume that's the new range. Uh, I'm going to check. Because I'm almost certain that after 100,000 Ks, it's not going to have the same range as a new car. Especially a 11-year-old battery. Yeah, that's the uh, the new range. That's kind of disingenuous. Um, I don't like that car sales list what the new range is. Because that's... Yeah, that's that's definitely not gonna definitely not gonna be the case at that point. Um, same with like the early Tesla. Like anytime you have batteries, they're going to degrade over time. I wouldn't be surprised if this is more like, you know, 150, 160. I, I doubt it's like much I they could have degraded more. It could be like 110 or whatever. But let's just be nice and say it's 150. You're now getting to the point where the car is slowly becoming less and less useful. And when you look at, like, Tesla, for example, um, Tesla's my favorite example because Tesla battery replacement cost, um, where someone was charged because Tesla wants you to replace the entire battery. Uh, where is it? Uh, I don't know if the price has changed now. At the time, you couldn't replace like individual parts. You'd buy the entire thing for five to seven thousand uh, dollars. Let's actually see what the price is for a Leaf. Nissan Leaf battery replacement cost. Uh huh. <laughs> uh. -huh. uh where is it? It said nine. Here it is. Uh, beyond the manufacturer's warranty period, Nissan has introduced a subsidized battery program for vehicles sold by its Australian dealers. Uh, Nissan Australia will exchange a working 24 kilowatt battery with a state of health of eight bars or less with a new 24 kilowatt battery for $10,000. Uh, and it has a warranty of 160000 160,000 kilometers. Okay, maybe after 110, it'll be fine. But what happens when you have a 2012 electric car in 2030? Because that's not unreasonable. Like, 
my first car was from 2001. I bought that in like 2018. And there's a lot of people on the road now who still drive like, you know, 1999 cars, 2000, like 2001 cars, 2005 cars. And if you're a really heavy driver, obviously the amount of wear and tear is going to be different. So if you're a like, you know, big cross country drive, which you're not going to fucking do in a leaf anyway, uh, let's say you drive a lot. Like you drive, I don't know, an hour to work every day. It's not crazy that, you know, over 10, 15 years, you have like two, 250,000 kilometers on the clock. Then if you sell that car, someone buys it, the battery replacement might be more expensive than buying a car. And how long are these battery replacements going to be available? Are you going to are we going to get worse with the way that we do uh right to repair? Is it going to be harder to buy parts for them? Are you gonna have to go rather than to a uh third party repair, we might get cheaper service, you have to go to the first party. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think that electric cars are really cool. Like, from a tech perspective, I think they are really cool. I have serious concerns over whether they will legitimately replace ICE cars. I've, I keep saying ICE, internal combustion engine, in case anyone doesn't know. Um... I think there's more hope for, like, hybrids. Hybrids have been on the road for quite a while now, and you actually get, like, reasonable range from them. Um, but, and also they're cheap, uh, which is certainly nice. There's, I think there's... Anyone saying there's not going to be a place on the road for electric cars, I think is really stupid. Like, I think they are pretty much here to stay, especially, especially once like, serious car manufacturers got involved. Like, when Ford's doing stuff, GM's doing stuff, Nissan, Toyota... Like, basically every car manufacturer is making electric cars. Even if they were to stop right now, there would still be electrics on the road for, like, you know, 10, 15 years. Like, here in Australia, um... We are only now kind of just fading out gas car. Not gas as in what Americans think of gas. What do what Americans call a gas car? USA, I guess we just got LPG car? What, what do you guys call them? Propane. Oh, wait, or, or do you guys just not even use... Wait, do you guys not even have propane cars? Uh, or autogas, or LPG. Uh, okay, no, apparently you guys did? Well, everyone sort of phased them out. I certainly can't find, uh, as much information about them. Okay, so it seems like you guys had them way earlier and have mostly gotten rid of them. Here in Australia, <coughs> um... For a very long time, LPG, autogas, whatever you want to call it, was really, really easily accessible. I wouldn't say popular, because it was never really popular. Um, but for a long time, our taxi industry uh, relied on uh, LPG. Let's see if I can find something. 
Australia Taxi LPG. Um, I probably can't find them, can I? Uh, for a very long time, our taxi fleets... Oh, I guess we started back around the same time. Um, and then we went to hybrids around the 90s. Uh, hybrid, gas, and uh, petrol. Um, so it was re it's been really easy to find LPG here, probably up until like six or seven years ago. And there were still LPG cars being made at that point. But now, uh, if you go like around to petrol stations, the older ones will still have a sign-up for auto gas for LPG, but the vast majority of them do not sell it. <laughs> like, they just have the sign there and will never have a price listed. Probably one out of... One out of... Five? Yeah, maybe like one out of five, one out of seven you go to will actually have a pump for LPG. But even then, those cars are still on the road. And I think the same is going to be true for electric. Like, even if we get to the point where we realize, you know, maybe electric cars are a bad idea, we want to go do hydrogen, let's say. Um, which I don't see. The problem with hydrogen is the infrastructure just isn't there. But unlike like with electric cars, where, you know, the petrol station has electricity, so you can retrofit relatively, relatively easy in comparison, um, you know, electric charge points, you, you know, like hook them up to the wiring in the, uh, in the petrol station. The hydrogen problem is a much bigger deal. Like hydrogen would basically be in the same state that petrol would be in if petrol just never existed. Like, if we came up with petrol today, everyone would be like, why would we want to build other infrastructure? We have the infrastructure for petrol, so it's not really an issue to consider. Um, hydrogen is very expensive to, uh, to uh, install. Let's see, hydrogen, USA, fill... Uh, hi USA hydrogen uh, car fill point map. You can buy a hydrogen car today, but good fucking luck actually driving. Actually, this map might be bigger than I thought it was. Um, map of. Oh, no. Okay. I, I thought this was better than... <laughs> I thought this was actually better. This is a map of where uh, they would like there to be um, hydrogen fill points. Not a map of where they are. Let's have a look at a map of where they are. Um, this is... What, is this from... Is this from 2021, 2022? Where is this from? Okay, that's 2018. I want something a little bit newer than that. 2022. Why can I not find a USA map? Surely. Okay, that's a horrible map. That shows fucking everything. Um, <laughs> I cannot find a... I know I've seen a map like this before. Um... 
Fuck, I can't find it. The point I'm getting at is the map is very empty. There's not many things on the map. Uh, is this... Actually, no, this is a good map. This map will do it. Here we go. So, it doesn't point to exactly where they are, but it does give a general estimate of how many are in each location. So, Texas... Why the fuck does Texas have one? Um, <laughs> pretty much, unless you're in um, California, uh, <laughs> how the fuck California? Pretty much, unless you're in California, good luck actually owning one of these cars. Like, there are all these states in here where there are zero hydrogen fuel stations. Like, if you live in, uh, is that Utah? You have to, like, go to the state over, like, Either Arizona... What is that one? I don't know. Nevada? Or... This is really fucking testing my... My US geography. What is CO? Um... What the fuck is CO? Give me a second. I'm bothered by that. USA... CO state. Colorado. That one. Yeah. You need to, like, go to the state over to use a hydrogen car. California is just like, California is California. Um, they're going to jump all in on fucking anything. Uh, plus, it's tech stuff. So it's being made. A, a lot of like the tech stuff is being made there. A lot of the hydrogen cars are being made there, like being tested there. So, you know, if you live in fucking Silicon Valley, you want to do Silicon Valley things. So you need your hydrogen fill points. I think this is how it started with electric cars as well. Like when they first started hitting the um, hitting the market, I'm pretty sure most of the recharge points were California as well. Um, but nowadays you can actually like reasonably fill it. Plus you can fill it at like a, a hotel house. Like my uh, near my work, there is this single electric fill point, electric fill, electric recharge point. Like, in a random car park. It's not, like, off to the edge or something like that. It's just there. And there's one of them. <laughs> so it's very likely that if you own an electric car and you try to park, you're not going to get that spot. Like, at all. Because nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about your electric car. But I have been seeing a lot more electrics on the road. Like, I don't live in a super well-off area. Um, it used to be a much poorer area. It's currently getting gentrified. Uh, houses are getting a lot more expensive. Um, how, like, a lot of new housing developments are going up. But there's nothing here. Like, there's really not much here to justify the houses going up as much as they have. Uh, but, you know, all houses are going up, things like that. Uh, they are, like, redoing the shopping center to make it all, you know, fancy. Once again, gentrifying the area. Uh, but if you go, like, two minutes over to the the old section where they have all, like, the old 70s houses, the people are still there. <laughs> so if, the people there that own those houses are sitting on, like, a, like some of those houses are, like, 300,000, and they're fucking shitboxes. Like, they are absolute garbage. They're falling apart. But because everything around them has gone, like, you know... If a house that's getting built is like five, six hundred thousand, it's gonna naturally raise up the price of your shit house just 
by nature of being near it. Plus, there's going to be people who want to buy the land for development, things like that. Uh, and if you can subdivide a block and get two houses on it, you're willing to pay a little bit more for that land just to make sure that person leaves. Um, but I have been seeing more electrics, probably, maybe not on a daily basis, but I also don't go out every single day. Maybe like every second, like one and a half times I go to work, I'll spot at least one electric. I will see a lot more um, petrol electric hybrids. Um, I think the thing that's really going to push a lot of those cars on, especially the hybrids onto the market, is a lot of the government cars here are now hybrids. Um, so... You know, every couple of years, they will upgrade their entire fleet. And when those cars get dumped down into the second-hand market, that's when you're going to start seeing a bit more of a adoption of them. But they're not full electrics. They are hybrids. So you're still not going to see that, like, electric adoption that, uh, you know, some people would like to see. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. We've been talking about this for way too fucking long. I don't even know what this episode is. I'm just I'm just going, like, for 40 minutes on a single topic at this point. And if people are listening, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you would be, but if you are, I appreciate it. Um, speaking of things and topics, let's talk about this one. <clears throat> so when the... Uh, when Elon Musk took over Twitter, uh, basically he just got rid of everything and just sold a bunch of stuff. See if I can find the rest of the auction. Twitter auction. Um, bidding or not? No, I want to see the, the weirdest stuff you can get at the Twitter auction. Okay, here we go. So what? It's written by Cockburn. What an unfortunate name Cockburn is. Post by Cockburn. Cockburnexample.com Why is your name Cockburn? Whatever. Um, <clears throat> so you can buy things like uh, a neon Twitter bird light electric display. The Twitter bird statue. A statue or a sculpture of the Twitter at sign. Oh, there's links here. Lovely. So I can show you. Cool. Um, so this is a light-up Twitter sign, which actually looks pretty cool. Like, you know, we can meme on Twitter for everything Twitter is and everything Twitter fucks up with. I kind of wanted this. That's actually pretty cool. Um, they have a sculpture of the at sign, which has, like, fake plants on it for some reason. I'm not entirely sure what the deal with the fake plants is, uh, but sure, I guess someone might want that. I'm sorry, what? 48 cases of KN95 protective mask. How much did the mask sell for? Can I see the price? Uh, Roy's price this law has not been published. Why is it not being published? Also, why are you selling 48... 
I hope someone didn't, like, spend an unreasonable price on this. But someone bought this. Someone bought... Uh, okay. The only... The only, uh, like, people... The only thing that's reasonable to buy this for is if you're a company who sells them. I really hope that some random individual didn't buy 61,000 masks. Like... I'm, this is not about, like, you know, whether they're useful or not. You will not use 61... <laughs> like, there is no way that you could use 61,000. Like, how how many are in a box? If there's 48 cases... Oh, wait, 48 cases? Oh, so I thought... Oh. I thought that meant 41... Uh, 48 boxes. Each of these boxes is a case. Oh, you're... <laughs> that didn't click with me. 48 big box. <laughs> I hope an individual didn't buy it. I could see a YouTuber buying this just for the memes. Um, <clears throat> Framery Acoustic Soundproof Conference... That's actually... That's... <laughs> Actually, how much is one of these worth? I kind of want to see if someone... Well, the price isn't published, but I want to see how much... If you wanted to buy one of these, you would be paying. Um, Framery, the pioneering soundproof office booth. Uh, allow... Can I see prices? Or is this going to be like, you got to contact us to get a quote. This is going to be, you got to contact us to get a quote, isn't it? That's what it looks like. Let's find a price somewhere. I'm seeing similar booths in the range of seven. Actually, no, it's a single person booth, isn't it? So like 14,000? Fourteen to like seventeen thousand is probably not unreasonable for that uh for that price or for that uh item. Uh, Rock the Bike Fender Pro Recharge Station. What? Oh, it's <laughs> it's electric bike recharge station. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Cockburn can't understand. I'm wait. Isn't this by Cockburn? Why are you speaking in the third person, Cockburn? Uh, doesn't every office need a stationary bike with a device charge? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. I, I misunderstood it. This is basically an elliptical that you can use to generate electricity. Why do they have these? There are ellipticals that will generate electricity. Uh, let me just... What? We'll have a look at some of the other stupid things. Um, Rock the Bike Recharge Station. What even is this? Uh, what if you could turn your phone, uh, your phone charging into an ice-breaking experience? Shut up. And high energy gathering spot for your event. What? 
The recharge station is just that, a place to relax, pedal, and get people's hearts going, help them make connections, all while adding juice to their batteries. <laughs> the company won't offer you uh, USB ports to charge your phone, like, integrated into the wall. What they want instead is for you to pedal your bike to... To pedal your bike to recharge it. I'm sorry. Wait, they're four thousand dollars to buy. They start at twenty five dollars. That's about what I would pay for them. That's a fucking scam. Holy shit! So, this is the kind of bullshit that you buy. When you have too much money. And Twitter doesn't have too much money. Twitter didn't make money. Why they bought these, I don't know. It's not even, like, it doesn't even look like a fucking comfortable elliptical. <laughs> like, this thing looks like it'll rattle the fuck out. Like, look at this back bar here. If you shift left to right, you're just gonna fucking shake. This is so, this is so stupid. Well, let's have a look at the demo video. <clears throat> let's see if this guy can uh, can sell us on sell us on the bike. <laughs> what even is this? Oh my god, this early version. I don't know if this is an early version or just so scuffed. It's just like a bunch of plywood stuck together. Uh-huh, okay, we're gonna set it all up. Set everything up. Wow, you turned a fan on. Free energy! Uh, minimum watt is 20 watts, and maximum wattage between 2 and 300. I have a feeling... Uh, I have a feeling that 2 to 300 watts might be a little bit tiring. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I feel like that's a stupid product. Uh, oh, the reason I brought this up is <clears throat> someone brought, uh, bought the Twitter sign for 100,000. I'm surprised it sold for that little. I thought someone would paid more. Like, this is not a little sign. It is... No, this at sign is six foot. How big is the bird? Um, what? That's a nice fucking desk. 10 grand? I don't know if I paid 10 grand for it. Oh, there's a bunch of other cool things in here. Okay, let's have a look at what else I sold for a lot here. Uh, Twitter sold a high-end Lamazoko Strata 3 espresso machine. Uh, retail, 30000 that's a good deal. Someone got this for thirteen five hundred. Once again, I hope you didn't buy this as an individual. You don't need you don't need a coffee machine like this. Go buy a regular coffee machine. Um, but uh, hold the fuck up. What? Zoom and enhance. Zoom and enhance. Does anybody see this? Uh, this connector here. I don't know if that's just the way it looks because of the camera. That looks bent. 
that looks like it's about to snap off. <laughs> you might be doing some rewiring and reattaching this plug because that looks like it might break. Um, but yeah, if you're like a, a business and you want to like get a coffee maker, that actually is a good deal. Um, on the lower end, Polycom Conference Caller Speaker Phones, we're going for at 300. Okay, okay. Um, here's a chair. New $11.95. Someone paid $1,400. Someone paid $1,400 for a secondhand chair. What a fucking idiot. Um, can we see some of the other things? Can we see... Why is my mouse not working? I can scroll on other tabs. Why can I not scroll on this tab? Uh, anything else exciting here? Table, lots of fucking tables. What is that? Bench. Uh, any? Am I just gonna be scrolling through nothing exciting? I think I might be. Yeah, it looks like it looks like most of it's. It's fucking eleven pages. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna scroll through eleven pages, but. I'm sure if you, like, some of these chairs, if you get some of these at a reasonable price, like, that's not dumb. The problem is that if if one chair sold for $200 over retail, I can only imagine that uh, multiple chairs sold for $200 over retail. <laughs> Don't do that. Just buy a new chair. There's nothing special about the Twitter chair. Like, they... Oh, God. They literally tell you the price of the chair. Go and buy a new chair. It's probably better because it hasn't had other people sit on it who are probably, like, damaging it. And if it's anything like the coffee machine where it has a broken plug, um... <laughs> it's probably going to be in a better state than having a broken plug. God damn it. Now I have hiccups. We good? Yes? No? Possibly? Okay, seems like we're good. No, fucking not. So, since we've got like, you know, 25 minutes of the show left, let's talk about, um, some anime. I have not talked about most of the stuff on this list, but fuck it. Not all of it is really, uh, that time-dependent anyway. So... There is sort of three things that I finally got around to watching. Uh, Bochi, Chainsaw Man, and now Blue Lock. Uh, I want to talk about mainly Blue Lock and Chainsaw Man. So, how do I describe Chainsaw Man? The hype that Chainsaw Man is getting is basically deserved chainsaw man very early on like it's obviously dark in the first episode if you haven't seen it basically it, it jumps straight into demon killing like it's it's not it's no fucking chill main character like yeah i'm a demon hunter i fight demons i have i have this little demon pet that is a chainsaw but it's still got this like air of happy-go-lucky you know the demons are bad, but, you know, when the demons are not here, everything is chill. Sort of like, you know, Jujutsu, uh, Jujutsu, 
Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Demon Slayer. Um, but the difference with Chainsaw Man is unlike Demon Slayer, where with the main character, sort of, he is a happy character, and he, he does want to, like, get along with everyone. He wants to be friendly. Denji, the main character of Chainsaw Man, is not like that at all. Denji is just a bad person. Like, not to say that other people are good people. Like, he is a bad person because... Ever since he was a very young child, ever since his dad died, he has had to work for the Mafia. The reason he has to work for the Mafia is when his dad died, he left Denji with millions of yen in debt. Maybe billions of yen in debt. I don't, I don't remember how many, um, how many numbers they were. It was a massive debt that as like a seven-year-old or whatever he was when his dad died, you're not, you're not paying like that much money back. Um, you're not paying that much money back for many people in your entire life. So, he sort of got forced to join the Mafia and not long after meets this demon called Puchita. Well, I guess he called it... He, he, uh, he called it Puchita and he fed the demon blood sort of to bring him back to health because when demons drink blood, then they recover. So, series starts after a bit of a Time skip at that point. Well, no, no, series starts at his age. It goes back and shows how they met. Um, not long after, it turns out that the leader of the mafia got sort of tricked by a de tricked by the zombie demon because every demon in this series is a demon of a concept, like. Um, the Pochta is the chainsaw demon. Then you've got, like, the leech demon, which is more like the titty demon. Uh, you've got the eternity demon, the katana demon, or devil, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, they sort of, sometimes translation uses devil and demon interchangeably. Yes, devil's technically correct. Not the point. The point is every one of the devils is a is based on a concept. So the leader of the mafia is sort of tricked by the the zombie devil and gets turned into a zombie. Uh Denji gets killed and Pochita is like, yo, uh I don't want you to die, man, so like I'm gonna become your heart. And that's how he then becomes the uh he becomes Chainsaw Man. He is this half-human, half-devil, which is different from the fiends, which are humans that are, are possessed by demons or devils, whatever. Why is it different? Doesn't matter, um, but it's different. They make a big deal about fiends and whatever Denji is being a, this like different thing. <laughs> So it goes on from that, and sort of, they go up there, they're happy and go lucky days. Uh, we meet, we meet Makima, we meet Power, we meet, um, what's the fucking Fox Boy, um, them forgetting the name of, uh, why do I blank in his name? Chainsaw Man. The fuck is his name? 
Uh, do do Aki. Aki Hayakawa. So me now, me now main cast, and uh, sort of go from there. But where the series starts to really shine is during the arc with the Eternity, uh, Eternity Devil. So they are locked in this hotel, and the gimmick of the Eternity Devil is it can sort of grab a point in time and then lock people at that point forever. So they're on like the eighth floor of this hotel and it's like 8 p.m. or whatever time it is, 8, 12 p.m. or something. And they realize something's up when they try to go to the next floor and appear on the same floor. They go through a window and then appear on a window on the other side. They go through the ceiling, come up through the floor. So they're kind of stuck in this room. And during this, a lot of the a lot of other characters becoming important characters are introduced as well. Um, like Kobeni and a girl that I'm forgetting the name of as well, um, with an eye patch and likes to smoke all the time. So you sort of start to see how all the characters fit into this world. Like Aki is working the entire time, trying to find some way out of this area. Kobeni and the other the other newbie to the um the like the government devil hunters where Denji is working now are freaking out. Like they think they're gonna die here. They're constantly having panic attacks. Kobeni tries to kill Denji later on because the devil's like, yeah, you guys can leave if Denji dies. I I just want Denji to die. Um, during this Denji, like, uh, like during the, like the panic attacks and stuff, Denji is just sleeping. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'm just going to chill here. Like, I can't get out of here anyway. So like, why do I need to worry? Uh, <laughs> and Power, who is by far my favorite character, um, Power, who is a fiend and basically has a single brain cell declares that she is going to become prime minister. She is going to win a Nobel Peace Prize and is going to raise sales tax to 100%. So you've sort of got these joking characters around, these freaking out characters. They eventually get out of that because Denji uh, decides he's like, you know what, I'm just going to fight the Eternity Devil and... What's it going to do to me? Like, I'm the, I'm the chainsaw devil. Uh, and Denji being this half-human, half-devil thing will also heal by drinking blood. So he just jumps into the Eternity Devil and just starts slicing it to bits and eating it from the inside. And he can't die. Like, he's he, at this point, he's already, like, an immortal, or m- close to immortal. At least everyone thinks he is. Uh, I don't know if he actually is later in the series of you get whatever if something bad happens but at this point everyone just assumes he's immortal and everyone he fights is basically not able to do enough damage to test whether he is immortal or not so he fights the eternity devil from inside just eating it and just causing as much pain as possible because the devil's like you're not leaving here like i'm just not gonna let you leave so Denji's like okay if you're not gonna let us leave i guess i guess i'll just hurt you until you give up 
uh, like 40 hours later or something, he's still fighting, and eventually the devil gives up and they get to leave. Um, but you've still got this like sort of joking like air around the series. That is until the next arc with the with the katana devil. So the katana devil is another devil in a similar state to Denji with a devil heart. He can transform into a devil. And they sort of, you know, look the same. Denji has chainsaw hands and a chainsaw head. Katana Devil has katana hands and a katana head. Um, this arc gets very serious. I'm not going to say who, but characters die. A character we think... There's a character that dies that we think is dead. They literally... Like, this, this series will kill characters on screen... And then give you a reason why they're not dead. Because of... So every every one of the devil hunters has a contract with a devil. And that's how they can fight the devils. Um, besides, obviously, the fiends and Denji, who are exceptions. But, like, regular humans will have contract with devils. And some of these characters, we don't know what their contract actually is. So them bullshitting themselves out of a situation isn't really, like, it's not complete bullshit. But characters die. Like, the series gets super, super dark for a little bit and builds up to this big fight with the Katana Devil, which I feel like kind of went by way too quickly. The fight sort of started. It went for, like, maybe six 12 minutes, I don't know how long it was, it wasn't a, like, a full episode fight, and then just ended, um, but, because the Katana Devil is technically also, like, mostly immortal like Denji, um, there's not much that could really be done to get rid of him, so... At the end of the fight, where Denji's won, they have him locked up, um, like, not locked up as in prison, like, locked up just against this train, Denji's like, hey, so, you know how that Katana Devil dude killed our friends, right? Let's just kick him in the nuts until the cops get here. And Aki is this, like, super straight-laced, at least you think he's a straight-laced character, um, he's actually a little bit, like, unhinged, he's just got this, this sort of mask of being straight-laced. And he wasn't gonna be into it at the start until he changed his mind. And that sort of, like, fades out into them kicking this dude in the nuts, putting him in as much pain as possible. I highly recommend you watch Chainsaw Man. Even if, like... Even if it's not your favourite series... I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. It has an absolute banger soundtrack. It has absolutely incredible animation. And it deserves all of the attention it's getting. Another series that I guess... Is it getting much attention? I, I don't hear that many people talking about it. Is Blue Lock. Um, right now there is... 15 or 16 episodes out. Something like that. Okay, no, it is... It is getting some attention. Um... 8.27 on Mal by 100,000 users, uh, rank 265. So, Blue Lock basically is about the fact that the Japanese soccer team is shit. 
Like, that's, that's the premise of the series. The Japanese soccer team is shit because they care too much about friendship and teamwork. Um, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't know if they're any good in the World Cup. They might be. They might not be. In this world, they're shit. So, the main character is a high school soccer player. And he just... Uh, his team just lost... I think it was like... The semi-finals in the regional tournament. So they weren't even at the inter-high yet. So we just assumed that he wasn't that great, and his team's not that great either, but teamwork. Um, he gets a letter uh, trying to encourage him to join the Japanese soccer association... Japanese football union? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the JFU, the Japanese football union. Um, he thinks he's some special character. He gets there and finds out there is 299 other high school students there. He's been invited to this program called Blue Lock. And in Blue Lock, only one person is going to truly graduate and join the Japanese team. This is 300 people all aiming to become a striker. And sort of it goes on from there kicking out characters in every single stage of the blue lock selection. So the first stage, they're not even technically in blue lock yet, is just to eliminate the absolute weakest of the weak, the people who care about teamwork. Because the uh, <laughs> the guy running blue lock is a character called uh, Ego. His name is literally Ego Jimpachi. E-G-O. His, e his name is Ego. Um, so <laughs> he thinks that the Japanese team is shit because they care too much about teamwork. Uh, and he wants, you know, he wants a Messi. He wants a Cristiano Ronaldo. He wants, he wants this star player that is going to be the center point of the team that everybody looks up to and is a massive draw. Uh, at least that's what initially the way he frames it. As things go on, he sort of lets more on like what he actually thinks is is a top tier soccer player, but he brings this out in sort of stages as they need to know. So the first stage is basically a, a game of dodgeball, but you have to kick the ball because it's soccer. And whoever has the ball at the end, whoever's uh, tagged, um they are going to be the one that uh, gets kicked out. So there's this character called Kira. Um, he's from the team that the main character, Isagi, uh, ended up losing to, uh, like in that match before at the original tournament. Um, and he like Isagi looks up to him because he thinks that he's a bad soccer player, he thinks this guy is great. Um, this guy is obsessed with teamwork, though. Like, he is the epitome of what Ego has a problem with, with the, uh, with the Japanese team. So, they go around this match, they go around this, like, dodgeball thing. Uh, this, this, like, bold dude has the, the ball most of the time. Uh, but eventually he kicks the ball to someone else. Um, or the ball gets taken? No. No, I think he kicks the ball... He kicks the ball to someone else, yeah. 
but we find this character called Bachida. He ends up being one of the, uh, the the main characters. He really doesn't like this kiddo dude. He really wants to just get rid of him. So he doesn't even get hit with the ball. He steals the ball from the guy who has it. And this is at like five or six seconds remaining. This then introduces what uh, Bachido is really good at doing. He's really good at passing. So he passes the ball over to Isagi because he's like, you know what? This guy's probably going to... He's probably going to kick the ball. I, I, I can see the monster inside of him. I can see that he is... There's something to this guy that is going to become this amazing soccer player. And... Isagi kicks the ball and knocks Kira out. Um, that then gets them the right to sleep at Blue Lock and live Blue Lock. Um, now, initially, everybody is convinced that they are the worst soccer players in in the uh, in Blue Lock. Like not the worst, but like the worst division. So there's 300 people and they're split across. Five buildings. Um, and initially, we are led to believe that there is a... Like, there's a B, C, D, E, F... Whatever, how, how many buildings it need to be? We, we're convinced that there is these rankings of buildings, and, like, the top building is where the greatest players are. So they go through their first... So the first major selection is team matches. So... Whoever you're in your dorm with, which is going... I think it was 11 people at the time. Uh, you then play a match against other teams. So the main character, he is on the lowest team, the Z team. Uh, face off the X, Y, and... Uh, X, Y, W... Yeah, the X, Y, and W team. X, Y... Was there another one? X, Y... And V. Yeah, also the V team. Um, I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> So, the V team's the best team, like, the, at least in their division. Um, but they're still, like, you know, rank, I don't know, whatever, 250 or something. So, they're still, like, really low rank. Um, they go through the matches, and whatever the, two, the top two teams, those teams are going to pass. And then the top scorer from the other teams, those are also going to pass. It turns out that there wasn't this breakdown of, you know, the B building, the C building, anything like that. Everybody was in the same sort of set. There was everybody at the time was given a number from 250 to 300 or whatever the range needed to be. So they thought there was these people that are way better than them. In reality, that was there to convince them to work a lot harder. After that first ranking goes down, people get eliminated. Uh, then they're given their real ranking based on... Is it, wait, is it based on how... No, no, then they're just given their real ranking. Then it goes basically straight into the second selection where they're given a new ranking uh, based on how quickly they can they can complete it. And sort of this is the 
this is the general sort of loop the series is in. Right now we are in the second selection. Uh, the gimmick here is at the start you make a team of three. And the idea is you have to defeat other teams until you have a team of five. But you don't fight the other the other lower ranked teams. You only fight... So if you have three members, you only fight against teams that have three members. If you have four members, you only fight against teams that have four members, so on and so forth. Um, when you beat a team, you get to steal one of their members. So at this point, it's Isagi, Bado. Bado is this guy who's like, he can perfectly score from up to 28 meters away. And then Nagi, who is this guy who's just started soccer, but he's this genius. He he is grasping soccer incredibly quickly and is a god-tier player. Um, but if a, if a team loses, they will then lose... Obviously, they lose a player and go back down a rank. Now, if they have two members and lose a player, then that player who doesn't get picked ends up being eliminated. Um... The main character actually had a different team at the start of this arc, but through their infinite wisdom, because they're like, yeah, you know what? We can only get stronger if we fight the people who are better than us. Ends up fighting uh, this team of the top three people at the time uh, with this character called uh, Itoshi Rin. Um, he is the brother of this character, the one good character that would possibly play on the Japanese team. Uh, he plays for, like, Spain or something because he can't stand how shit the Japanese team is. But if he wanted to, he would by far be their best uh, their best midfielder. Um, so this character is the brother of him, and main character gets completely dominated. This sets up this sort of this rivalry because up until this point... Isagi, while he's been getting better, he's been learning new abilities. Everything that he does is sort of... It's sort of only facilitated by Bachira being there. Because his abil Isagi's ability is direct shoot. Like, he doesn't stop the ball to make a shot. Someone passes the ball to him, he will then kick it straight away. This only works well when you have a good pass made to you. And Bachida is really good at passing. So Bachida is the one that ends up getting taken when Isagi loses. So now there's this like rivalry set up where the second that someone stops being on your team in this series, they will fucking turn on you. Like, they'll be like, you know what? We were good buddies. We were, you know, great teammates, all that fun stuff. I'm going to defeat you. Because, you know, they all want this one spot as a striker. They're happy to work with each other when you need to work with each other, but when it's not time to work with people, they don't give a shit about you. They will fucking go straight away <coughs> and sit on whatever team they need to be on. So now we're sort of trying to get back to Bachida, uh, trying to trying to rebuild the team um in the current arc so two of isagi's old team members uh kunigami and shoma uh 
they thought that Isagi would have been like further along in the selection. They didn't find out Isagi had actually lost the team member and had to fall back. Um, so the next match we have is Isagi's team versus Hyoma or Chigiri Hyoma, Kunigami, and also this guy called Leo. So Leo is the, he's sort of Nagi's equivalent of Bachira. Nagi, he's sort of only just started soccer and he's getting really good, but everything that he was doing was sort of facilitated by, by Leo being there, giving him good passes. Um, now Dale's on the other team and now there's this rivalry between Nagi and Dale as well. Cause Dale's sort of really pissed that Nagi left him and went to someone else's team. Um, so it's sort of, there's a lot of these like little individual rivalries going on. It's a really good sports series. Like, I I'm probably gonna go read the manga. Um, I am seriously enjoying it. I want to read the manga for Chainsaw Man as well. Like, it's been a very very long time since I've actually uh like sat down and wanted to go and read something. Um, I actually don't know how many chapters of Blue Lock there are, or, like where the manga is right now. Let's find out. Blue Lock story arcs, because I would imagine they are like out of the the core. Yeah, the, the core selection stuff. So, here we go. Um, right now, we are in this arc, the second selection arc. Uh, next up is the world's best arc. Uh, I guess this is technically a spoiler. Because uh, it says the five members that they have together. Uh, then there's the third selection arc. Then there's the under-20s arc. The Blue Lock 11 will face the Japanese under-20s in a national representative match for the chance to secure it, secure control of the J uh, Japan national team and show their skills to the world. Uh, but with Saitoshi leading the team and Yusei Shido joining him, how will Blue Lock overcome this immense challenge? So this is the guy I was mentioning before, the, uh, the brother of Rin. So, in that arc, I guess they're facing off against the Japanese team to straight up just, like, replace them. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, the second phase of Blue Lock sees the program turn into a massive entertainment project with the sole purpose of further training its players for the Under-20 World Cup. Uh, Under-20 team... Uh, uh, level teams of Germany, England, Spain, Italy, and France are brought to Blue Lock, and each Blue Lock player must choose a country they want to train under uh, and then put their skills to the test in a hyper-dynamic tourney. The top uh, players during this selection will be chosen to play in the under... Wait, so they're not even playing in the under-20s World Cup. So they probably win against the under-20s team, but they're not allowed to play in the cup until they... until they go through this phase to then also... Jesus Christ, okay. So that's the current arc. Um, Alright then, sure. And there's 202 chapters by the looks of it. It's a very good series. It's a very, very good series. Like, I don't know right now if I would say it's going to live on in my mind like, uh, you know, like Haikyuu does, but... 
it's definitely, definitely up there. Definitely one of the, it's one of the best sports series I've seen in a long time. And it's probably one of the best sports series I've seen. Where I would rank it depends on what I say when it's uh when it's all well and done. I'm not sure where the anime is gonna end. My presumption, my presumption is either at the end of second selection or the end of world's best. Those seem like the most the most logical places for it to end, but. I don't know, maybe I'm matching stuff. Um, yeah. And we're past two hours now. Uh, I guess we'll just end the show there. Uh, I've talked about hardly anything on my list, but, you know, sometimes that happens in a solo episode. Sometimes I jump from topic to topic. Uh, it sort of is what it is. I'm surprised I got through the episode. Maybe I'm, I'm at the point now where I just need to, like, sit down and just fucking work. Like, there's still that barrier that's going to push me back initially, but if I just sit down and fucking do something, then things will clear up. I don't know. I hope the Rona stuff clears out properly by next week, but it probably won't. I'm probably still going to be here with a cough and suffering. But it is what it is. So let me know your thoughts in the comment section down below. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, the video version is available on the YouTube at Tech Over T. The if you're watch, watching the video version, the audio version is available wherever you can find audio podcasts on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, there's an RSS feed. Go check that stuff out as well. So that's pretty much going to be it for me. Uh, next week is going to be an episode with Gaming on Linux, uh, Liam Dore. And after that, some point there's going to be an episode with Trafton, a uh, small VTuber doing, like, sort of tech videos, things like that. Uh, what? Oh, I just read a stupid comment. Um, and... That's going to be it for me. So I'm going to head out. And in, I was going to play my outro because it, I'm used to a stream right now. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See you guys later. See you guys. <laughs> See you guys later. I'm out.